0: We spend too much time listening to ourselves, and not enough time preaching to ourselves. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today we have Stephen Furtick again. He is absolutely one of my favorites to listen to because what he says just really inspires me and challenges me to really believe the Word of God and today he's talking about getting our mind in order because it is important for us to think the thoughts that God thinks about us not what the devil tries to plant in there because when we think God's thoughts about us we are victorious and live an overcoming life here's Stephen
1: get out of your head that's a horrible place To take your orders. Am I preaching or am I preaching? Every meditation, every loop that starts with self ends in one of two places. And I want you to look for this in your life this week. It's either going to end in scarcity or shame. Every sermon that you preach to yourself, and you are always preaching to yourself. In fact, Martin Lloyd-Jones said that our problem is we spend too much time listening to ourselves and not enough time preaching to ourselves. Isn't that what David's psalms have shown us, where he would say to his soul, it's time to go to school, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name? He's preaching to himself, and so are you. But when you preach to yourself from yourself, your sermon will always lead to scarcity. Brene Brown says that the number one meditation of many of our hearts is, not enough. She says we apply it to time, we apply it to money, we apply it to our talent, and the sermon that plays in our mind, if we would ever stop and listen to it, it starts every morning, not enough. How much sleep did you get last night? How much money do you make on that job? Graham asked me the other day, Dad, is $56,000 a year a lot of money? I said, It is till you make it. That might be the devil's favorite sermon, not enough. Not enough. Not enough. He preached it to the disciples. Because they looked at 5,000 men and women and children, and Jesus said, Feed them. And they said, Well, we don't have a whole lot. We don't have a whole lot. We have five loaves and two fish, but that's not enough. Because they were starting with themselves, but they were standing next to the source. I wonder how different the story would be if you would ask the source instead of asking yourself. Check the source. He's more than enough! Somebody shout, He's more! He's more! Y'all don't ever shout in the back of the room when I start hollering like this. I know y'all don't like it when I holler, but this is not a silent sermon. This is a loud sermon. Somebody shout, He's more! More than enough! Every need, every deficiency, all my failures… His blood is enough. His grace is enough. His word is enough. The law of the Lord is pure, reviving the soul. But if I start with myself, I end with scarcity. It's a loop. Because I start down here, and so by the time I've looped around through my day, I end my day feeling depleted. I wonder if you got a new loop. I wonder if you got a new loop and started with the source instead of starting with yourself. I wonder how the cycle would change if you started with your source. I know it's basic, but didn't David start with the heavens and then move toward his heart? The skies declare the glory of God. They show forth his power day after day and night after night. And day after day and night after night. And all I've got to do to stay in step with God is keep the beat of heaven happening inside my heart because there's always enough in heaven. There's always enough patience in heaven. There's always enough provision in heaven. There's always enough bread in heaven. There's always enough. Always enough, always enough. My God shall supply all of your needs according. What if you got in that loop? What if you asked God to fill your empty places? When you start with yourself, you end in scarcity. You start with yourself, you end in shame. Because I look at myself and I feel like David. David does something weird. I think he wrote this song. It's contested. He, he he might have written it. He might have not written it. But let's give him credit, because this is a song that embodies a characteristic known as wisdom poetry. It kind of it kind of switches beats in the middle of the song. It's going on and on about the skies and the heavens. For many years, they thought it was two different poems put together. As they were studying back and trying to find out how it was written and when it was written, it was such a sharp break at verse 7 that they thought, well, maybe this is a different thing. You know, We're talking about the skies and the sun and the stars. Then all of a sudden, David makes a break in verse 7, and he starts talking about the law of the Lord. Watch what he says. It's perfect, refreshing the soul. Look at verse 12 but who can discern their own errors?" So he is an imperfect man looking into a perfect law. He's looking at what the law is and what it does and how it brings peace, wisdom, and joy, but yet he knows that he has broken the very law that produces the very things that he wants. I don't think it's much of a break, because he is contemplating how the heavens are able to effortlessly declare the glory of God, but he cannot, because I'm stuck in a cycle called sin, and there are secrets in my heart that no matter how much I dress them up, With the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart fall short of the glory of God." Paul knew it too. He said what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. Look what God did. God started a new loop. See, through the law, man tried to reach his way to God, but it was a cycle of shame caused by sin. So I reach and fall short, and try and fall short, and repent and fall short, and get up and fall down, and reach and fall short, and try and fall short, and get up and fall down. and God broke the cycle, for in the fullness of time God sent forth his Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. What the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man, so that we can say, There is therefore now no condemnation. There is therefore. Let me give you a new loop. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, this is the kind of gospel preaching that got me to the cross. This is the kind of gospel preaching that'll break the chains of shame off of your life. This is the kind of gospel preaching that you can preach on Monday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon. You can preach this stuff to yourself. There is therefore now no condemnation. Why? Because I'm in Christ. In other words, touch seven people and tell them I got a new loop. I got a new loop. That's what the gospel gives me: a new meditation. And watch this. I no longer live by situation. Get ready to jump up. I live by revelation. I know who he is. I know who I am in him. You better touch seven more people, and tell them I got a revelation. I got a revelation. Whatever I go through, I got a revelation of who's in the fire with me. I know what he did. I know who he is. I know who I am in him. I got a new loop. I'm losing my voice. Y'all shout for me. Woo! You get that in your heart? You'd be finishing the devil's sermons in no time. He might start them, but you let grace finish them.
0: That was Stephen Furtick, and you can find that clip on YouTube. If you search under Stephen Furtick, let's get our mind in order. You can also find out more information about him at StephenFurtick.com. Have a wonderful day, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless.